Hello, and welcome to Infinite Shelf, the human-centric retail podcast. Today, we get to connect with one of the most impressive Gen Zers on the block, Madison Samaritan. She launched a tech startup, was written about in tons of press like Entrepreneur Magazine, WWD, Business Insider, and was granted a U.S. patent for her unique AI algorithm, all before she was able to legally drink. No, really, we couldn't serve her champagne to celebrate when it happened. And yes, I am on her advisory board, so I have been along for this wild journey since pretty close to day one. Stay tuned for more on how Madison continues to teach us all a thing or two about a thing or two when it comes to designing and launching products that people love. Infinite Shelf is brought to you by Chatdesk. Supercharge your customer experience with Chatdesk, the future of customer support. Infinite Shelf is brought to you by Gives, a high-performing donation incentive app for Shopify stores that allows you to move away from costly discounts while supporting the charities your customers care about. Infinite Shelf is brought to you by Open New, a Shopify app that collects and auto-sorts the best reviews on every product without you moving a finger. Madison has accomplished all of this because she was on a mission. Not a mission to get all the press and huge brands and tech companies knocking on her door, though of course that happened. She was on a mission to actually solve a problem. She saw technology as a means to get there. That's the lesson I've observed and want to share with you all in this episode. It's as simple as this. Find the problem. Solve the problem. If you're anything like me, we can find ourselves very excited about technology and features and just cool stuff that gets hyped up at conferences. But if it's not adequately solving a problem, then it's just tech for tech's sake. And you and I both know it's going to end up in a pile of failed investments and toys we've forgotten to play with in a while. With that, let's welcome Madison. I'm so happy that you're here. Thanks for having me. Uh, All right. So give us the story. How did you start Mata? What was the uh, initial purpose? What were you trying to solve? Yeah. So I was in my dorm room freshman year getting ready for a first date. um, And I was having one of those typical, like, I have nothing to wear days, even though I clearly had a closet (laughs) full of clothes, ask my credit card company. And I turned to my roommate and I was like, Taylor, what do I wear? And she was like, well, wear whatever makes you feel the most like you. And I was like, okay, well, I don't know what that is. Um, And so I really wanted to build a platform that could help people discover like who they were using personal style as like the first way to do so. Um, And at the same time, I was really interested in like the business of fashion and how brands were using like AI to better reach Gen Z, like my age group. I'm at the older end. I'm 24. Um, And I saw that a lot of brands were they were trying things, but it was a little gimmicky. Like smart mirrors were really cool, but they didn't really serve any long-term value that I thought would like keep bringing me back as a customer. So I really wanted to figure out like, how can we use artificial intelligence and, you know, other technology to really build this meaningful connection with younger generations? Um, So yeah, that's kind of how it came about. I love that. So Building a meaningful connection over gimmicky is definitely a theme of things that I truly, truly want to focus on. So tell me a little bit about how Gen Z expects for brands or, you know, products like the Mata app to 
be less gimmicky and actually forge those connections? So, you know, my age group is the first one to grow up with access to the world in their pocket with their iPhone. Um, So we do have really high expectations and we're very savvy and we're used to having access to everything. So I think that you know, really the first place to start is by delivering very like relevant and meaningful experiences. I think a lot of people say that Gen Z is more fickle than past generations, um, which like I think if statistically you look at it, that's true. But sometimes like stats don't tell you the whole story. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really because like brands are just trying to like be faster and move quicker and do cooler tech things to try to win over my age group. And we're like, hold on, wait, like we actually want something like more relevant to us. Mm -hmm. Um, So a lot of the AI that, you know, you see on sites, it's like other things you'll love, which really puts the customer that's browsing in more of like a group and a segment of users rather than their own like personal interactions. And so we created a technology that's very dynamic and real time. Our algorithm is now patented. Um, There's actually eight different algorithms in the experience. Congratulations, by the way. That was no small feat. (laughs) Thank you. Um, And so it it learns from both your positive and negative feedback, which is also super rare. Mm -hmm. So we start off with like a few outfits that, you know, kind of try to figure out like where your style lies. And then we have a really strong image similarity model that can do its fun computer vision wizardry stuff. (laughs) And it um, can learn like we actually say when we recommend an outfit, sometimes we recommend ones that we know you're probably going to swipe no on. Um, And then we'll test you again like a few weeks later to see where you're swiping. Um, So it's really real time about the individual user um, and less so about like the group that they fall into. Yeah. No, I think that's that's so interesting because you're using this perfect example of using technology to be relevant to the individual rather than relevant to what the brand wants the individual to live within, if that makes sense. Exactly. And like we've learned, um, like as we've been out there for the last year and a half, almost two years, like not everyone wants to be on top of the trends. Not every shopper that like walks through your door or opens up our Mm. app wants to be like ahead of the trend on things. That's one group of people, but there are also those that are like, okay, I know that skinny jeans like might not be the hot thing anymore, but they look good on me and I want that. Yeah. So instead of just trying to like push these trends on people, we also like amplify like what they're looking for. And what we actually see that the more you use the app, the higher our engagement time is um now we're to like an average of like nine minutes and 32 seconds a session like unbelievable it's real the more they come back the more they learn about themselves and I think really like the proof is in the pudding there like they're learning something more about themselves and that's why they keep coming back yeah and I mean man talk about a hot button topic right now with in terms of like all of the changes that are happening with the cookie economy and just the attention of individuals and how we're able to market to people, the fact that people are spending so much time within the app and you're getting that opportunity not only to just develop this really connective relationship with the Mata app and the individual using it, but you're also able to glean all of this consumer insight that frankly is just becoming more and more 
difficult to acquire um, as, you know, Apple iOS changes are happening and the war for policy, uh, sorry, uh, the, wa- the war for privacy is getting bigger and bigger. That first party data has just become so critical. So the fact that, A, you've been able to capture that it, within that attention, attention economy, um, that amount of time, like, man, I don't even... If you were to quantify that amount of time in how much a brand would pay for that amount of time, like we spend how much money on these six second, 15 second ads on on Facebook when really people are spending nine minutes on the Mata app. I just think that you've you've tapped into something really special and it was all, in my view at least, from my vantage point, it's because it was led through an actual problem that needed to be solved rather than, hey, technology is cool and we're having a moment and AI is a buzzword. Let's figure something out within that world. It's like, here's the actual real world problem. Let's use these incredible resources that we now have access to in terms of um, democratized technology and mm-hmm. and bring something out into the world that's really going to, to solve a problem. And hey, you know, becoming more like you in your 20s, Hey, even in your 30s and 40s and 50s is is a huge value proposition. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's very 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 cool. Um, what have you learned from user, you know, your user data on the Mata app? So it's really interesting. So bringing back to like that segmentization, like how most AI works. Like if you think about my sister and I, my sister and I, like we're a few years in age apart, like on paper, we're pretty much the same person. She went to, she goes to BC, like dark hair, same height. On paper, we look the exact same, mm-hmm. but in our preferences, we're interacting differently. So the way where I find the most learnings like in our data right now is seeing on the individual level, like what people are swapping out. So I can tell you if Ingrid Millman prefers white sneakers over like these loafers where I might not. So it's really great like at that very individual level to see like the person and the actual product that they're choosing. And they'll go through a bunch before they find like what they're actually looking for. We've also learned that people like there's something really um, energizing about discovering something new and like having a platform to do that like and be un- and be like there's something unexpected about it, the process, which I think really serves us as well. And I've had so many customers like email and being like, oh, I didn't know like I could wear this until I found it on Mana and saw it styled. And like, now I love it. Or I didn't know this brand existed. Um, so finding ways to like help the customer discover something on their own has also been really helpful for us. Chatdesk knows how overwhelming it is to get buried in support tickets from social media, chat, and email. That's why Chatdesk came up with a solution to supercharge your support team with super fans of your brand. Chatdesk trains these experts to perfectly respond to your brand's voice and policies from day one. With Chatdesk, machine learning and human support come together to transport your customer support tickets into satisfied customers. Leading companies such as Thinks and Shea Moisture use Chatdesk to increase their Facebook and Instagram conversion by up to 15%. With one click, Chatdesk connects with your existing help desk so that you have time for the rest of your to-do list. And for a limited time, you can get started with Chatdesk for free. Check it out at chatdesk.com slash infinite shelf. 
The curation element of the Mata app is fascinating because right now, I think truly the consumer problem is this choice. We just have way too many choices. And it makes you feel like when everything is a choice, you don't have any choice because it's just this like confusing wave of everything. And I think with just a few of these personalized questions that you get to learn from people in the upfront like quiz portion, but then also as you start learning even more when they're using the swiping left and right of the outfits, you start to really get to understand what their needs are and so quickly can zero in on what we can learn from them and then make those recommendations that really do feel like discovery, not just for discovery's sake, but discovery that is highly relevant. Because mm-hmm. who needs any more discovery, right? Like we need relevant discovery. Exactly. Especially with Gen Z. Like there's so many marketplaces that like have rose up over the last like 10 years. And granted, we're a marketplace too. So you know, I say this thoughtfully, but like my age group, we don't need you to give us access to like every single thing, every single product. Like we don't want that. We already have access to it. Like we want you to make it very relevant for us. And like, if we see a product, like there are like 15 other sites that we can figure out like how to get it on. Even sometimes if it's a little sketchy, like I don't know where some of my friends get their stuff, but like if they want something cheaper, faster, like whatever the reason they yeah, can find it. Like, super savvy. You have, yeah, you have to give your customer like a reason to actually like check out like with you. And I think that's where like the building the emotional relationship with the customer really comes in. And like when I set out to build Mata, I wanted a platform that like you're in the back of an Uber board, you're swiping through, you're getting ready for a first date, you're swiping through, like how can we be there in the small everyday moments and also the big occasions? And like, that's really how we're building that emotional connection too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think it's just so much for like, it's fun, right? Like it's another thing to get to like play with and just use mm-hmm. a little bit mindlessly. But then as you're having that fun, we still are learning so much more about you and then creating these other relevant experiences for when you really are ready to pull the trigger on an outfit or a special occasion or a new wardrobe type of moment. I think that's very, very, very cool. Um, so, you know, whether you like it or not, you're my sort of Gen Z, uh, person that I go to and like, all right, tell grandma what the kids are doing these days. <laughs> what uh, What's relevant? Where do, where do you hang out online? How is you, like, I know you and your sister, for example, you're both considered Gen Z, but you have some pretty distinctly different um, experiences online and the way that you use apps. Like, tell me a little bit about what the, where the kids are hanging these days. So obviously like we're mainly on social media. Um, like, It's so funny. My sister, like, they primarily use Snapchat DM to talk. Like, instead of, like, what's your number, it's, like, what's your snap? And to me, that's such, like, a funny foreign concept. But, like, that's where a lot of her conversations live and, like, Snapchat DM. Um, But I think, like, obviously we're on TikTok, we're on Instagram. Like, all of my guy friends in my age group are on Reddit for whatever reason they're on Reddit. I've yet to understand. (laughs) Um, But so, you know, as a company, we're transitioning into licensing our technology and letting companies like send one-on-one personalized lookbooks to their customers. And the way that like clienteling works nowadays, it's mostly in your email inbox. And like, there are some people that will say email's dead. 
I don't believe the email said. I think the statistics are still showing it's driving sales and you need to do it. Totally. But I think for the next, like you're thinking like 10, 15 years, setting up those customers of tomorrow, like you have to be where the customer is. And like, you're not going to find me in my email inbox more so than just work. Like, I don't need all that extra stuff. Like have this link on Instagram for me, be on TikTok, like make that relevant. Um, And so now we're figuring out like, okay, how can we have like brands send like one-on-one lookbooks to their customers, like through social media. Um, So we're actually, which I'm so excited to announce, which we finally can, we're launching with who, what, where in January officially. So that will be our first out yes um and so they'll be having their editors like send these personalized lookbooks so that'll be a really great like experiment um to kind of see like okay what is the channel that gen z is spending their most time on like and shopping on the top 10 percent of reviews that make you sales get buried and no one sees them that's where open new comes in Open New automatically shows the best reviews on every product so that you have the best chance of getting the sale. Learn more and get three months of smart reviews for free at opennew.com slash infinite shelf. That's O-P-I-N-E-W dot com slash infinite shelf. Want to get away from costly discounts and the race to the bottom? Are you trying to figure out how to weave social impact in a genuine and authentic way? Gives has the perfect alternative. Donation incentives have time and time again outperformed traditional discounts. Merchants using Gives see up to a 90% increase in website conversion and a 20% increase in average order value. Head to gives.com slash infinite shelf to get your free three months. That's G-I-V-Z dot com slash infinite shelf. Huge congratulations on that. Thank the Who, What, Where um, team was, and I was lucky enough be, to you know be on that presentation call with you and meet the team. They were so thoughtful in how this is going to work and how it's going to to serve their followers and consumers. Um, I just think that that's really a perfect, perfect match. And they're going to gain a lot from the insights that they learn from the Mata app and also be able to serve this really great experience out to, to their followers. Um, that's really amazing. Um, so what else, what, uh, what, what do you think about TikTok? Tell me, tell me what you think about TikTok. Um, I think that, so I'm a grandma. I'm like still learning TikTok. My team laughs at me. Um, But I am on top of Gen Z shopping behaviors. I'm not a grandma there. Um, And I think what you're seeing with like this new rise of videos and like what's trending is it's actually like you're bringing a lot more real life to it. Like you're not going to grow on Instagram anymore if you're providing this like picture perfect life. Like people want real conversations. And I think that was really I think we saw that really rise during COVID when all of a sudden we couldn't be with each other. And so like social media was the way to have those like real conversations. And now I think brands are starting to realize that like they have to like let their hair down and go a little loose like on social media platforms to really win over. Like I get like, okay, so the luxury brands, I was just having a talk with a social media company about this the other day. Like, a lot of luxury brands are hesitant to do that because they want to keep like their pretty perfect image. And basically, you know, they were saying like, okay, fine, you can keep your perfect, pretty image, but then expect lower engagement. Like the things that are trending are the like 
here's me eating cereal. <laughs> also like this great bowl that I'm eating my cereal out of. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I, I think that's a really valid point because on one hand, you know, the, the great reconsideration of people's lives happened for better or worse in 2020. And mm-hmm. people have just become more real. And, and I think the rise of TikTok is, is a symptom of that and, and, a, mm-hmm. and a, a major cultural expression of how people are feeling at the individual level. And it's a bit of a rebellion out of the world that Instagram paints, which is this very polished and very perfect existence. Um, however, you're in this tough place as a luxury brand because your entire existence from even way before social media was ever even a thing is this aspirational, quite frankly, perfect life. Um, and it, and it does live so beautifully in the glossy pages of a Vogue magazine, for example. Um, and I think they struggled in the beginning with Instagram, even figuring out how to transition into Instagram. And then they finally sort of created the way that they can live on Instagram. I think Gucci in particular has done a fantastic Mm -hmm. job of that. Balenciaga as well. Um, But then you've got this whole other undercurrent and major, major cultural player of TikTok where people are just like making up dances in their pajamas. And Gucci's like, "Mm, nah, I'm good. Like probably not for me. (laughs) And frankly, I think that's actually a really smart move on their part. Like not every single trend is for everybody. So for example, like you just talk, you know, earlier we were talking about how skinny jeans, like that might be your thing. Like that's cool. Like even if it's not the trendiest thing or, or what is, you know, walking down at fashion week, if that's your thing, that's cool. And there's something really, really um, beautiful to knowing who you are and what your place is. And I think that's true for brands as well. And it's like, no, don't, don't play on TikTok if it doesn't meet your brand um, guidelines, but definitely know what's going on there and then keep doing what you're doing on Instagram. I think for the rest of us though, it is this like reality pill that we have to take of just, everyone's just really exhausted from having to keep up these appearances and stopping the ability to share how we're really feeling, share our vulnerabilities, share the things that actually make us human. Because at the end of the day, I think that's the people, regardless of what platform they're on, that's the brands and that's the people who are actually able to forge those really sought after relevant and emotional connections with individuals. And I think that the need for that connection is completely far surpasses just what Gen Z expects from brands and services. Um, I think that we all are, are, are aching for that. I think Gen Z has the most raw filter for it because they can mm-hmm. kind of, they grew up like sort of smelling the BS and then also being excited by brands that are, are less bad at, at the, uh, or are less good at the BS. Um, and so I, I think it's universal. Oh, 100%. And like, I think that's why you're really seeing my age group craving this like one-on-one communication with brands. Like, even if you look at like Alistair with Hero, like Mm -hmm. they knew people were going to want to digitally talk to a sales associate. There's something about like actually like communicating that makes you feel like closer with the brand too. And so that's really look at like what we're looking at as we move into this new phase of our company. Like, yeah, like we might not walk into Bergdorf's and have the dressing room all set up for us. Like they used to do rumor has it, or they still do for (laughs) some of their clientele, but like we still want some sort of that like clienteling 
schmoozing, whatever. Democratized clienteling. Like, can we not make it just for those Bergdorf people? Also, shout out to Alistair Crane, the homie from Hero. (laughs) But a note on luxury from our what we were just talking about. Like, I actually have this conversation with Gucci a lot. And they're like, okay, like, we are a luxury company, but how can we stay aspirational while still making people feel like they can access us? Like, just enough. And you're starting to see that a lot with luxury brands right now. Like I think about like La Mer skincare, like yes, not, you know, 20 something year old can't afford like the $400 thing of La Mer, but now they're making like smaller versions. And you see like people like going to buy the smaller versions, get like a taste of the brand to set you up for the customer of tomorrow. Granted that's physical product but I think like there is this like balance between like aspirational and accessible right now that I don't fully have my thoughts figured out on but like something's brewing for me well you're it's also it's ultimately my observation is they're planting the seeds like you were saying for these loyal Mm -hmm. customers so even if you don't have the money to buy the full jar and use it every day you can buy the smaller version and just have that taste like oh I'm getting ready for a big event or I have a I have a date or I have you know something that like once a week allows you to just dip into that beautiful jar and just feel more like yourself Yeah, I was having a conversation with like this luxury retailer that like the majority of their sales come from their like million dollar clients, like quite literally, like they spend a million dollars a sale with them. And it was so interesting because they're like, we're trying to win over Gen Z. And I was like, the most comes from like your billionaire clientele. Why are you going for the 20 something? We're like, we want you to come splurge with us. You're looking to buy your first designer bag, start with us. Right. Like, how can we get you to come like get your splurge pieces so that like, yes, we can set you up for if one day you can drop a million bucks in a session, like you'll come to us. Well, also I think, you know, the reason why they're able to still get that million dollar transaction from that billionaire is because, you know, it's not a fuddy-duddy old person brand. And I I hate to be Mm -hmm. the bearer of bad news, but if like the younger generation and the trend setting generation isn't you're not relevant with them. Um, you're you're in a you're in a tough spot. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I think um, there's a there's a lot of reasons why Gen Z is so appealing for for brands, and I think the luxury example is is a unique one. And there's a lot more layers to that. Um, but mm-hmm. I still like you as a Gen Z person. Are you expecting to like? What would you think if you saw a Gucci video on TikTok with someone like? in a very, you know, not perfect light. You know, I've been thinking about that with the Balenciaga Crocs collaboration. I'm like, Mm. a little too close to home, please. (laughs) I think um, it's really interesting. And like, I mean, I think it's can either go really well or it can be a slippery slope. Like, I think the issue with some luxury brands is that, like, if you become too accessible, all of a sudden your brand becomes, like, very diluted. Yeah. So I think it's, like, a very fine balance between, like, being hip and relatable and young and also, like, keeping your position. It's like if, like, my mom tells me some stuff I just, like, don't need to know. I'm like, <sighs> That's okay, mom, please. Like, I don't need to know that. Like, you have to, she has to stay the parent more or less. Right, right. TMI, ma. Let's like, let's keep these boundaries. We're all, we're all really comfortable with the boundaries. 
<laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that. That's so true. Um, well, Madison, you are just a shining star, and I'm so lucky to have you on and just get to to call you a friend and a colleague. And uh, hopefully, we'll we'll get to have you on again soon. Yes, thank you so much for having me. This was great.